And he said, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm just thinking, okay, another flight thing, like maybe we're close to it or maybe we're close to the end of the flight. Uh, He comes on and he says, I just wanted to interrupt really quickly because I have a very special announcement. We've got a very special guest on board, Mackenzie Moore. She's just eight days old and she's flying home with her mom, uh, Karen and her dad, Dustin, who just adopted her and they're bringing her home to California. And then he stopped. And like, as soon as he cut off the beat, it was like a cue where everybody in the plane started clapping and cheering and like hollering. And that was, that was a, Welcome back to Colombian Influence. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're, we are finally into the summer months in Minnesota, so very exciting. Uh, we are being joined by Karen and Dustin today. Um, we've posted about them a few times on our page. It's taken us a little while to be able to meet with them. Just, you know, everyone's had some crazy times with, you know, coronavirus and everything else. So we're so excited to finally uh, be able to talk to them uh, they have been all over the news. I originally saw them on Upworthy, if you know any folks are uh, following that, then was followed by Washington Post, and most recently, I believe, the Kelly Clarkson Show. So yeah. we are honored to have you guys here today. Thanks very Thank much, you. ladies. It's nice to be on, and thanks for inviting us to come talk to you. We're excited. Yeah, we're you guys are our first uh, like couple that has adopted that we're talking to. So this is like really exciting to get this other uh, you know side of things. So um, why don't we just come? Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say to start us off, just tell us a little about about you. Uh, how'd you guys meet? Give a little story of your background and your relationship. Okay. I'll let you do that one. <laughs> All right. Um, so Dustin and I, we go to the same church, and we initially met before he went on a mission um, for a church. And then he came back, and a little while later, we started dating. Um, but he was actually living in Utah at the time, and I was living in California. So we kind of started off our relationship with a, a long-distance relationship with that for a while um so i'd fly to utah every so often he'd come back down to california both of us were born and raised in southern california and grew up there and his family and my family they're still there and so we got married in august of 2009 and then we moved up to utah so dustin could finish school finish school we finished Mm -hmm. moved back to california we've been in california since 2015 uh so we married for 12. What? Since 2012. 2012. Moved to California in 2012. Sorry. And then we've been married for nine years? Almost oh 10 God, years? Please. 10 years. We just had our 10 year anniversary. 10 year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're both here. We're living in California, uh, working full time. We both work in education. I work as a registered dietitian. I'm currently in school again, uh, completing additional mm-hmm. grad training. Uh, both in our, I guess, early 30s, if that's relevant, pertinent. And uh, this is our first daughter, Mackenzie, who we're actually really excited because we get to finalize her adoption uh, this Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a little Yay! bit about it. Yeah. Yeah, I teach high school. Um, my name's Sarah, both in education, so I teach biology and biomed. So yeah. we're very much into the oh, cool. realm of education. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. 
Thank you. So you guys were, you said that you were from, originally from South uh, California, both, correct? Yes. Yes, we were. So in your, what was your, like, each of your family dynamics separately growing up? Were you guys at all exposed to either foster care or adoption or anything like that? Or was it kind of just a traditional, I guess, family upbringing? Uh it was mostly, yeah, it was a traditional family upbringing. I'm the oldest of five. I have four younger brothers and sisters, oh, wow. and Dustin's the oldest of three. And um, probably maybe after I went to college, maybe a little bit before, my parents would have um, foreign exchange students would come and stay at their house for a little oh. bit. So we had a couple, we had a couple of those students. Um, and so that's, that's really it. We didn't really know too many people that were adopted um, Dustin has I did. an aunt and uncle that also they've done foster care with that. And I, oh, okay. I guess on my side of the family, because yeah, same thing, just my mom and dad and my brother and sister and had a good upbringing, had a wonderful little life living out in uh, Southern California. And I remember having like some friends from my church. Uh, they were adopted. My aunt and uncle always fostered kids and had adopted a couple of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, some really close family friends, they adopted some of their kids. So it wasn't it wasn't like a like a big deal whereas i always thought about it as some big grand thing it just always seemed very normal to me it was just like some people babies some kids some people decide to adopt and i don't really know if there's anything that sounded unique about it so to speak it just it sounded it was very mainstream to me it was just like oh yeah sometimes people are adopt, people adopt sometimes people foster cuz i guess i had pretty pretty regular involvement with it, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I That's awesome to hear. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, honestly, growing up, I never, I never even thought about us adopting or me adopting. Um, when I got older, I just, in my mind, it was okay. You know, you graduate from college or you go to school and then you get married and then you have a family, you know, mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> that traditional uh, right. yeah. um, with that. And so it, but it, we had different cards <laughs> laid out for us. So going into that a little bit, mm-hmm. so adoption wasn't really your first go-to, but kind mm-hmm. of telling us the timeline, the story of how you came about that. Could you go into a little bit more detail? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so about a year after Dustin and I were married, that's when we decided we want to start and expand our family. And so, um, but it just, it wasn't happening. And then shortly thereafter, maybe about a year or two after that, after we started trying, is when we went to go see some fertility specialists um, and just doing different mm. tests and things. And it wasn't, it still wasn't working. They didn't really know why. Um, and then a couple years later is when, after we moved back to California, is when we started doing, um, hitting the fertility treatments just a little more aggressively with that. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've done everything, all all of the fertility treatments. Um, so, because we were trying for nine and a half years before before we were able um, oh, wow. to start the adoption process with Mackenzie. And so, I mean, we've done the it was the timing, the medication, the shots, the IUIs, um, IVF. We've done five rounds of IVF, and now got um, got pregnant all five times with those, and we've lost all of those babies. Um, and so it was it was pretty tough um, just with loss after loss after that. And, and they don't know why it's my numbers and the values and blood work is just, 
And they say that it's normal, so they don't know why that I can't maintain the pregnancies. And so, um, I mean, that's super nutshell. But it, then at that point is when we just started talking a little bit more more about adoption. The, the um, topic of adoption, but, I was always open to it. Like from the beginning when we first found out that we had trouble, to me it just seemed like a natural part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, Karen mm -hmm. didn't want to go into it, mm -hmm. didn't want to discuss it. And there was a lot of fear that she had behind it. There was a lot of problems that she had with wrapping her head around the idea behind adopting kids and the extra questions mm -hmm. and the extra concerns about would we be able to love them the same? Would they love us? Would there be problems? Um, sure. just a lot of, a lot of, there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot to work through, uh, emotionally. Mm -hmm. for that. And I, I don't know if it was maybe just the, the consistent failures that we had with our attempts to get pregnant, uh, and not having answers why, but it kind of slowly creeped into the conversation. And I don't really know if I can say and identify that there was a single turning point where Karen was like, okay, let's look at it. But it just, it felt so gradual uh, that I think it was probably three years ago uh, that it first uh, became something that we started taking seriously, like talking about seriously. And there was still some bumps along the way to get there. But uh, then ultimately it was probably, I don't know what, spring of 2018 where it was like, all right, here we go. We're going to do this and we're going to be we're going to be straight laced and serious about this as a means of pursuit now. Yeah, yeah, because even after with, with all of our attempts with IVF and everything is we even just went around and we're thinking, okay, are we are we meant to be parents? Is this not going to happen to us? Will it just be us and we'll enjoy our nieces and nephews and, and our friends, really good friends, kids? and um, But but then we both, we really wanted to be parents and we, we love kids, we love babies and um, we just wanted wanted to raise a family. And so I can't remember one of the first times we were starting to talk about that is we live by, um, you know, there's universities and colleges around us. And so we like going and walking around the track. And so that's one thing that we'd like to do. And I think that was that's probably one time yeah, when we were first doing that is we were just walking around the track and said, OK, all right. But give you tingles. <laughs> what a journey you've been on already from all that experience and kind of tough times but mm -hmm. what a blessing at the same time of where you have become and where you are now so that's yeah. amazing absolutely yeah. yeah most definitely most definitely so what organization did you guys go through and how did that process um like kind of just go just because it sounds like it's been a good while right you know obviously we know that it does take a while but like what was that journey like for you guys so there was a there was a you think they're okay if we say their name right yeah well yeah All I right, guess so so well what we did is um, I had a really good friend afterwards um, that who's adopted and her and her husband they've adopted um, three kids now a set of twins and then another little boy and so I know I was talking to her a lot about what they did and what their process was because they had recently adopted and so we actually went through. Um, through our church and they actually gave us a couple recommendations of different people that they've known at different agencies because mm -hmm. there's there's so many agencies and having yes. yeah. of you know what to do and who you can trust and who you can't and so we we got a list of them and then we kind of we called and we spoke to each of them and and narrowed it down and so um, the agency we ended up going through is named Hope for Kids and so we that's our California agency that we went through and then um, 
we had a, a profile up on adoption.com and um, and that's where where Mackenzie's birth mom actually found us. And so she had an agent oh. in Colorado that she was working with. And so our California agency and the Colorado agency were working together. Timeline of this was probably in, we got in contact with them. We did the training. We did the certification and all the home adoption uh, in the summertime. And then like mm -hmm. everything was like finalized in November was when we went like live, like being able to adopt. Uh, oh, good point. And then we heard from our birth mom. She reached out to us in spring, and then our daughter was born in November of 2019. Yeah. So she's seven months old now, and uh, that's that's about how she's it so works. Yeah. She? yeah, yeah. We're, I, know we're, I know we're biased, but I think she's a beautiful little girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and it was good. And the birth mom, we have a good relationship with her. And oh, uh, I waving? mean, we oh, hi. Yes, I mean, and, and we text and send pictures and things like that. Um, and we went up and visited her in last summer before Mackenzie was born, just so we can, you know, get to know each other a little bit better mm -hmm. on on both sides. And um, and so yeah, that was that was that. Yeah. And do you plan on having her birth mom in her life the entire time, or you know? Kind we of never, leading up to her. We've got an open adoption with the birth mm -hmm. mom, and okay. uh, we we like I said, like it was important to us to establish a good relationship with her. Mm -hmm. uh, we text her, send her pictures and updates. Mm -hmm. uh, our part of our adoption, open adoption, is for her. She's welcome to uh, to come and visit us once a year. And so she, I don't know, the whole process, like, I got to really say that the whole process, I feel like we got really blessed with our birth mom because right, she's great. She's great. She's mm -hmm. very fair minded. She's very considerate. Uh, and while we're totally open for her visiting, she's like even put forth the conversation saying like, if she ever starts to get confused or if Mackenzie is ever, uh, hey, if Mackenzie ever starts, whatever like, the best interest of Mackenzie, whatever in the best yeah, interest so for her, I'll, sure. I'll off as much as needed in times of being the case. So, uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, we're we're more than happy mm -hmm. to have her be a part of that and uh, help give Mackenzie that stability and knowledge and understanding that as a part of her adoption, uh, mm -hmm. she was everything about her from the day she was born was about how much people loved her and how they mm -hmm. wanted to best for her. And what's just been pretty important for us to make sure is communicated to our daughter, to any kids, any of our kids that we adopt. Yeah. That's amazing. I think that's very different than Risa and I. Ours are closed adoptions and I've met my birth mom. Risa has not. So uh, to, mm -hmm. but I had to wait till I was 18. So it was a long journey to not know, kind of have that question. So having it from the right. start is amazing. I think it'll also like help quite a bit, just allowing her to understand who she is, kind of that identity. So that's Absolutely. amazing. That she's still, still in that part of her life and yeah. kind of that way. That's, that's amazing. And thank you. Thank you for that perspective. That's good because I mean, we just thought, how, how is it going to be? We, we had no idea. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Definitely. I think that's a great thing, though. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. So, I guess, so it's been since uh, November that mm -hmm. she was brought home. Yeah. How have you guys, like, been adjusting and everything to becoming parents? And, like, because it's obviously just yeah. a whole different... <laughs> 
everything. <laughs> it was, it's weird. It's been weird, like with the pandemic and all the stay at home and the quarantine measures that have been in place. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we both adjusted to working from home, like with teaching. I had a, I took a semester off teaching. I still coordinate and work a grad program, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, like managing a lot of that stuff from home. I take it as just a benefit. It's just like taking something good out of something that's bad. Like obviously the quarantine, the pandemic yeah. sucks, but I mean, we're trying we're to just able to be home with her. Yeah, so it's make the most of the time that we have. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, like now it's, she's like, I mean, she sleeps through the night now. That's nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yay. She's, she's about, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's days away from crawling. Like she can do like up on all fours, she just hasn't quite figured out the alternating knee hand thing to move forward. Backwards. <laughs> right, I call it the reverse Roomba. Because she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, I mean, it's been good. When when Mackenzie was born, I mean, it was it was amazing. Um, the birth mom allowed me to be actually in the delivery room when. Oh wow! Yeah. And so it it was really wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, and then Dustin and my mom were there, and Dustin and my mom were waiting outside of the room. And so wow. I, I remember once um once. Like when it was getting close to Mackenzie being born, then I, I texted Dustin. I was like, "Come by the door. It's gonna happen really soon." Like, and so he was actually outside the door um, and heard her crying, and um, <sighs> it was great. And the, and the birth mom, yeah, she yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, and so, so then, um, let me back up. Let's see. Oh yeah. So I was in the hospital room, and um, and then shortly thereafter, I mean, I was able to hold her you know, right after, right after she was born. And so it was, it was great. And, um, the birth mom allowed Dustin to come into the room and kind of stay by, stay by the door and everything. And so it, I was just there holding Mackenzie and then, um, that's when Dustin came into the room and it was, he started crying and I'm crying and all the nurses are crying. Yeah. So it was, it was great. I still have our, our very first family photo is still oh. on, my, on my phone as my, screen, <laughs> so, um, oh. and then, and then we needed to wait in, um, Colorado. It was an indeterminate amount of time, how long we needed to wait in Colorado for the two, States, um, it's called ICPC. So for the states to talk with each other to make sure to say like to give permission for to allow us to bring Mackenzie back home to California. So we actually had an amazing family that allowed us to stay with them while we were up there, and we were just so grateful wow. for their love and hospitality because it was we could have been there a week or we could have been there a month we we had no idea and for this family to take in three adults and a newborn was yeah that was a big deal and we we didn't know them i mean it was oh, wow. a church and and they they volunteered it and so volunteered for us to go there so wow it's dave and cindy liggett there <laughs> they're great they're wonderful wonderful people um and so i was I was up in Colorado about a week before Mackenzie was born, um, and then um, 
and her due date was actually on my birthday. So my birthday was oh, oh. the 30th and that was her due date, but she was, you know, born two days after, but that was, you know, kind of fun <laughs> for, for that. Um, and then, yeah. And so then in Israel, able to come home and it's been, it's been great and an adjustment because she's our first baby and not knowing what to expect <laughs> and just taking it from friends and family members and, um, and my mom's a postpartum nurse, and so that was very <laughs> helpful <laughs> with that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So, so you said that you were there a week before. How long did you actually stay the whole time then after she was born? Um, two weeks, actually. Two weeks, okay. Two weeks total. So um, it, it was, we were surprised that we were able to leave so quickly and so yeah um yeah so she was born on a on a friday and it was the following saturday is when we flew home but i mean oh, wow. we actually had permission to fly home a couple days earlier but we we just ended up staying a couple more days so yeah gotcha yeah it was good so then going to um when you guys did return obviously we found you through that story that was mm-hmm. listed about your experience on the plane can you tell us uh, a little bit about that in your own words? Oh, yes. Yeah, so the uh, the trip home was, like, really nerve-wracking because there was a lot of prep that we had to do. We were traveling with a child less than two weeks old, so there was, like, special precautions and permissions that we had to obtain. And so making sure everything was, like, every T was crossed, every I was dotted, and uh, we just were nervous about, obviously, bringing her back home. And then that's on top of nervous being first-time parents. And what do you do at the airport? And do I have so, to take her? Can I bring her through? What has to happen? Yeah. <laughs> it, it really did feel like the whole time at the airport that we just we just met the most oh, wonderful really people. Did. I mean, we got there and, like, at the Aww. check-in baggage, like, the, the Southwest folks for the check-in, uh, they like made extra phone calls. They said, okay, are we sure that this is all this, this family needs? And the guy would be like, let me check and talk to somebody else and make sure for you. And they just were really helpful to us with all that stuff. While we were in security, there was a, a couple in front of us who looked behind us and said, oh, first baby. And we said, yeah. How can you tell? They're <laughs> like, we our, our boys, they said they had two boys. Like our boys are ages two and like seven months. This is our first time, like, we're going to be off on our own uh, doing something like a little vacation with some friends yeah. of ours. And they, like, helped us through with stuff. Aww. So the big thing when we actually, like, the big event of when we actually got there to the airport, uh, we're actually at the gate. Um, we boarded our flight and, you know, walked we through the aisle. That, the guy was helping me with. Well, no, it was just like everybody was super yeah, helpful, like yeah. getting us where we needed to go and getting everything checked. Checking in her car seat and things like that. So yeah, we, already, yeah. we already felt pretty good at that point. Like we already felt really grateful to the people that had been super helpful. <laughs> and so then we actually got on the plane. And then we actually, like we met the flight attendants and we just walked through. And I remember Bobby and Jenny in particular because they were particularly warm and very welcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby was like kind of like goofy, like a funny guy. He just like chuckled and laughed, like, "Welcome! It's like good to have you guys on board. Like you're in on some kind of a I joke mean, or something." I mean, it is Southwest. They are probably the most humorous airline. <laughs> I, 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 never, I had never taken much of a note like with flying beforehand. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. There's definitely airlines that I had come to dislike, but the rest of them, I was just like, okay, whatever. Get me somewhere. I'll leave my bags. Whatever. That's all I'm asking for. And now it's like a more a more broad analysis of like, actually, no, this airline does this and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I noticed that these employees, they typically do this. So I've definitely paid more attention to that. 
since then. But the uh, flight, okay, the story as it goes is we're up in midair. This little one had been attached to mama and was asleep the entire time. Oh, yeah, a little terrier. <laughs> she, she starts to stir and she wakes up. And so I really quickly get a hold of the flight attendant, uh, Jenny. And I said, Jenny, do you know if the back is like opened up? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. What do you, what's, is there something wrong? I said, no, I just need to be able to change my daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, let me go get it set up for you. So she went back mm-hmm. there and she propped open the door pulled down the baby thing and laid down a little paper on top of it and then like motioned for me to come over. Mm-hmm. So I went over, I changed her. And then as I got out of the bathroom, uh, Jenny and another passenger were shooting the breeze with each other, waiting for me to finish up. And uh, then they both were like, Oh, she's so cute. Oh my gosh. She's so cute. Very small, very new. So that that prompted the conversation of like, so what are how come you guys are flying with such a small with your daughter so small? And I said, well, that's because we adopted her, and so we're actually going home right now. Yeah. And that brought more like, <laughs> excited little. We went and sat back down, and I had been seated next to Karen. She's like, any trouble? I said, no, no problem. And then about 10 minutes later, Bobby, I see him like make eye contact with us, and he mm-hmm. comes and like kneels in the aisle in front of us. And he says, I heard you guys have some kind of exciting news to share. And we said, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. This is our daughter. We just adopted her and, you know, we're going home. And then he's like, oh, cool. So what's your name? What's your name? And your daughter's name is this and she's how old? And we just kind of repeated yeah. that information. And then he's like, well, awesome, guys. It's good to have you aboard. And we're like, oh, thank you. And we both looked at each other and yeah. thought, oh, that was that was very nice. I mean, it was just totally yeah. great. And just someone coming oh. up and, and congratulating us. And so... <laughs> I mean, of course, it's like as new parents and we're emotional anyway, as as it is, right. just with excitement. And we thought, that's great. That's, he, that's really great. He walked off. And then about 10 minutes later, that was when the intercom comes on. Mm-hmm. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, and I was thinking, OK, another flight thing. Oh, like boy. maybe we're close to it or maybe we're close to the end of the flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes on and he says, I just wanted to interrupt really quickly because I have a very special announcement. We've got a very special guest on board, Mackenzie Moore. She's just eight days old and she's flying home with her mom, uh, Karen and her dad, Dustin, who just adopted her and they're bringing her home to California. And then he stopped. And like, as soon as he cut off the beat, it was like a cue where everybody in the plane started clapping and cheering and like hollering. And that was a super emotional moment for the two of us yeah. because it was like in an instant, here had been brought attention to our daughter and then like made the point about how she's adopted. And I don't think it was very overt within us, but there might've been like a lingering fear in our minds about how, you know, is there going to be something different? Are people going to be weird with our daughter because she's adopted? Are they going to think less of her? Of so when everybody cheered, that was just very special and touching to my wife and I, because it was just like auto instant gratification, or I should say acceptance. Just, just like yeah. people, I mean, yes. they didn't care about that. They were just super excited that, you know, here's our daughter and, you know, she's coming home with us. And, um, Uh, They just celebrated that with us. And then Bobby passed around like the napkins. He said, we're going to pass around napkins and pens. And if you want to wish them well, wish them new parent advice, uh, go ahead and do so. So he passed out the plane or he passed the stuff throughout the plane. We found out all but seven passengers on the airplane wrote napkins. No, there was 60. So there was like 66 passengers who had been on that flight and they collected 62 napkins. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. 
pretty much everybody uh, like participated, and then people kept like peeking over their chairs and like saying congrats. Yeah, looking fine wherever you are. Walking past this Oh my gosh, that's amazing! They went. They collected them all. They uh, they bundled them all up. They wrote like oh. you know the flight number and the date, and then they gave Mackenzie a little set of those Southwest pilot wings. Yeah, and then oh. was it was it. Was it after we landed or was it right before we started the descent that Bobby and Jenny came up to us? No, it was after we landed, right? Yeah. Yes, after they out. after they landed, they both came up to us and they said, like, so this is something that some people did for my wife and I when we went on our honeymoon. <gasps> just, they were married. Yeah. You didn't realize. Oh, wow. They were married and uh, they had just kind of gotten into this where if they saw something special or if it was like a very unique event. They did this as like a tradition oh, of, you know, like wish them well, so wish them your best. Yeah. I don't know if they had ever done it for like an adoption before, but I don't think they, did. Yeah. they, uh, they gave us yeah. the napkins and they yeah. kind of told it to us. And it was just very endearing, just very sweet. And uh, it was really cool because later on um, when we uh, did the Kelly Clarkson show recording, Kelly surprised us by bringing I, was surprised. And Jenny. I wasn't he, surprised. I was totally surprised. <laughs> he, he had, I, I was I had, I had, I'm not a big daytime talk show fan, but I've seen enough daytime talk shows to know that they tried to do like those reunification things. And if there's something special to it, they'll try to bring people together. So I told Karen, I said, like, like, I'm, I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure that if I was a producer for this show, what I would be trying to do is reunite these people with each yeah. other. And that's what they did. And so we got, oh. and we're now really actually, we're now really close friends Aww. with both Bobby and Jenny. Um, because uh, they live, I mean, they're not too far away. They live in San Diego County, south of us. Okay. Awesome. So we've gotten, we've become close friends. Yeah, it was yeah. really wonderful. We got to spend a day with them, and we got to hear, like, their perspective, too, of, like, you know, what they thought and what they oh, were wow. thinking. We learned that they've also had some challenges with having kids on their own. So uh, they just, it was a very special opportunity that they both recognized as something they could do for us, which... It was uh, from a business perspective. It's the best thing. It's the best thing anybody has ever done for my wife and I. Um, but just on a more human level, with both Bobby and Jenny recognizing the opportunity, and just everybody who was on that flight uh, who celebrated with us and who mm-hmm. offered us that good advice. I mean, it's a part of our hearts forever. It's it's just forever ingrained into me for just a really sweet, kind, simple thing that a bunch of people did for us. Just going back to how hard it was for those long years that you were trying to all of this happiness and success and, you know, heartwarming things. It's just amazing. You know, all that hard time really again paid off. It's a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you keep having more and more on top of the good things you have. It's, Crazy to hear that, and a lifelong connection with those friends now. It's right. Right. I mean, and never in a million years would I ever thought that it that we'd be here. You know, right now, even going through going through infertility and through IVF, and and it's hard and it's tough, and and you feel like you're alone. And I know there's so many people out there that have also gone through infertility, and you kind of band band together. Mm -hmm. So. Um, with that and so but just with all that pain and and now being able to adopt her and I mean even uh, I I don't mean to say this to I don't I I don't say this from a attempt to minimize 
the events or the flight. But I mean, even if that had never happened, like if the only good thing was just really good customer service, <laughs> getting on our flight, getting home. I mean, even then, I mean, just adopting our daughter was just the most joyous occasion, just the most amazing, uh, enthralling experience that the two of us mm-hmm. have had probably since our wedding. Yeah. And I mean, the challenges with infertility, there was a lot of problems. There was a lot of, a lot of hard heartache and hardship that we uh, dealt with, but it feels all like a different lifetime ago at this point now mm-hmm. having our daughter. And we try to remember that. Like, I mean, you hear the way Karen describes and talks about it. It's very important to her because we know people who still struggle with those things. Yeah. We know on a very personal level the difference between what it's like to not be able to have children uh, and wanting to be parents, which are, in my view, those are two separate things. Um, I mean, for me, it was an issue of like being able to be parents finally. For Karen, it was the double burden of like the inability to have children and then also right. not being able to be parents. Mm-hmm. So I that experience in and of itself was just wonderful what they did for the flight. But I mean, it really was just, it was like a decoration on top yeah, of I was gonna say, yeah. our daughter, our first, right, our first, right. our first daughter, our daughter's adoption. So I, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't mean that, I don't mean that to come across like I'm trying to no, minimize it, but it's just in the context of everything, it was just amazing because I anticipated so much. Yeah. It's surprising how fast the, you know, whole adoption kind of became real to you in a sense, you know, on a flight, you don't think that it would be a conversation. And it was. For for me, it was instantaneous. I know some people Mm -hmm. who've said that it took them time to develop the bond with the kid. And maybe it's more challenging if the child is older, but I was smitten from like the first minute I held her. Mm -hmm. I was completely taken away from that moment on. So I don't know what it is for other people, but yeah, I was a I was a quick study. I was a I was a quick sell. <laughs> so is and she's very lucky. Yeah, no kidding. Very lucky. Thank Are you. there? Do you guys have any future plans for adopting more kids at all at this point, or is it kind of just like waiting it out and seeing how you feel at this point? <laughs> We'd love to, and we're actually starting the process again we're right we're now. Certifying our adoption. Yeah. Right now. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Hello, anybody? we'll keep our ear to the ground are you going through the same are you going through the same group then of same same agency but i don't know we might need to we might need a different means of advertising this time around because the just because the form that we used beforehand i don't know if it's going to be available again but right so because we were on on adoption.com they had a little sub um i guess a sub online page for people um of for with our faith on it and so it was a free profile on there but they're stopping that one and so i know with adoption.com it it's a uh, it's a little pricey it's like 200 to a thousand a month to have a profile oh my gosh on adoption. oh wow yeah so, so we'll, we're doing word of mouth stuff we'll see we'll, we'll see, see how yeah. there if we do and get like a lower profile on adoption.com or maybe if we try and reach out to an attorney um so we're still trying to figure out what method we'll do to try and get our profile out there so people know that yes we're still looking to continue to grow our family and so Mackenzie can be an older sister <laughs> oh that's yes. so amazing oh my gosh I love it at this point, sorry, what challenges ahead. have you had? Um, challenges in 
as just, yeah. with the adoption concept or even just as parents, you know, new parents, what are things that you just didn't expect? I think oh, with, the, with the adoption before and before Mackenzie she was born. Did you stop your toys? It's on the floor, too. Everything's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I think we jinxed you. We said challenges, that. and now... <laughs> There was a, when I was talking to a gentleman who we go to church with and because he had also adopted and I was asking him initially, and this was years ago, asking him about um, the experience with it. And I, this is something I don't think you're ever going to get over. He put it really well. He said there is a lot more emotional energy you need to invest when you make the decision to adopt. Because for people um, like who get pregnant, I, I mean, obviously, like, God forbid, there can be an instance where you can lose the pregnancy or something can, you know, terminate the pregnancy early on. You hope that doesn't happen. But you don't really most people don't really have that mindset, I feel like, as they're pregnant. It's just like, OK, boom, there's a baby. Mm-hmm. We want this baby. This baby is going to grow and we're going to give birth to it. And there's an inevitability to it where it's just like it's coming. So you better get ready for it. But with adoption, there's too many variables and uh, there's a lot of things that could change. The birth mom could change their mind. It could be that was our biggest fear. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you have to be able to risk a lot emotionally in order for that ultimately to come to fruition. And so the biggest challenge that I have for adoption in which, I mean, I'm incredibly grateful, incredibly grateful, you know, for the relationship we have with our birth mom, that we have good mm-hmm. communication with her, that our adoption mm-hmm. uh, went through you have to humbly recognize that it's not like the next time we try to adopt, we can just like bypass all of that worry and concern. You have to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. We're willing to, but that is definitely a challenge that's associated with adoption is uh, all these additional questions that you have to ask and you have to deal with and these things you have to risk, which you wouldn't have to if you were giving birth on your own. I mean, even even post-placement, even after after the babies or the children are placed, the birth mom could still change her mind. There's a certain amount of time. Yeah. And so and so that's a big fear too. It's you bring home this baby, um, and and obviously you want to get attached to this baby. It's your baby. Um, but then thinking in the back of your mind is, oh, there's a possibility that we may have to give her back. There may be a possibility yeah. where it's literally like if, if the birth mom were to change her mind, we would have to bring her back. We'd have 72 hours to bring her back. Otherwise, it's like, oh, my gosh, something. Yeah. So, so it's I mean, that's that's the scary part is just of like us and said, the, the unknown. And of, I mean, we didn't not bond with her because of that we didn't right. we didn't restrain any love or anything it's just okay and you just you really have to put your heart out there and say i'm loving you with everything i have and hope and pray that we get to keep you yeah so yeah it's been the big um something that was really difficult with with that and so um, yeah. yeah yeah that would be so great is seven months kind of the average time it takes for everything to be finalized then um, usually it's about, it's about six months and then depending on, on the court system and how, how busy they are with that. And so usually, usually it's about six to eight months. Okay. And so six months is usually like the quickest for the adoption to be finalized. And so okay. that's different from, um, when the parental rights are relinquished and each state is different. Sure. And that's something that we've learned 
So with that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think with, like, with Erica and I, because we are obviously, we're international, we were both from Colombia. So for us, it was more so, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember, but like for me, it was within a year that we did more so, like, I think it was more so like the citizenship of things that was finalized and such. And Erica had the same kind of thing where that's kind of what changed, but the actual timeline of like finalizing an adoption, I guess I didn't really. I haven't really thought about that as much with uh, that being a really big difference with the like domestic adoptions. Cause obviously everything's very different. Obviously you guys have open adoption there. I don't think there's such thing yeah. as an open international. So it's all, it's all just a whole different thing. Yeah. Well, I had a, I had a, I, one of my student assistants, she was adopted and she was from South Korea and her adoption was closed. And it's just like, yeah. there's like, it's just, I mean, highly improbable that she ever gets in contact with her birth parents or like knows anything about the circumstances of that. And I've not thought about that before. I've, but no, I think you're right. I don't think I've ever heard of an international adoption being. I don't think it's possible. Open. I think it's part of like, I, the, I don't know, maybe that's kind of like how, how and why they do things is because obviously they're, those are not countries that they're adopting within. So Right. Someone right. from South Korea right. too, especially. I know a lot of that is highly, like, you know, hard to find later on and stuff, just due to the circumstances mm-hmm. of the country. Yeah, and I think that's uh, it's interesting for people to, uh, you know, like that concept of oh, wait six months. And so, like, for example, I was telling my students because we're we're still in session for school right now. We don't end until <laughs> until next week. But I was excited. I'm like, oh, and, you know, our, we had a. a meeting so they're like oh what we're just kind of doing a round table of what's going on mm-hmm. and I went by and I was like oh we're finalizing our adoption and so my son's like wait wait but you've had her I thought like they thought we bring her home and and it's final and so there's a lot of the right. back, the background of that and the the legal the legal aspects of it that a lot of people don't realize or people say oh wait so did you have to give her back and then you get her uh, back once it's final oh no we got her we got her <laughs> Is her birth mom young? Um, she's in her mid twenties. Mid twenties. Yeah. So she she's established and has a good job. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she has a good education. So oh, that's nice. Yeah. 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 So going down yeah. a slightly different route, um, I suppose, uh, just because you know Erica and I, like the whole reason we did this was because we realized, like. Uh, you know, we're both in our late 20s and we haven't had resources for being adoptees, which when you look online, for instance, there are, I think on like places like adoption.com or just kind of those general websites, I looked recently and it was kind of like find a support group. And it was kind of like support groups for birth moms here, support groups for adoptive families or parents here. No large thing for adoptees whatsoever. And And I told my mom this and I always, I don't know, I made a little joke about it. I was just kind of like, excuse me, we're messed up. Like, can we please like have some some resource? And, you know, like I always had issues with, um, like if you look on like, if you have something like a Amazon Fire Stick or like a Roku kind of thing where you can search a bunch of different Mm -hmm. platforms, I did this experiment just the other day, just to, again, just to see if anything had changed and just looking up adoption. There's maybe like there's like a handful of documentaries, either some that are really like family produced that are like 20 minutes. It's very strange or some some movies or shows that highlight it, but very few. 
And so like, the whole, again, just kind of long story short, going back to it, it's like, this is the whole reason that we are doing this is so that we can have this resource for other kids. So, and, you know, starting from being kids to growing up and being adult adoptees, like we are now, because it's, it is our identity. Like it's a huge, massive portion of about it. Um, so kind of thinking about like Mackenzie growing up and everything, just like have, have there been like concerns that you've thought about that are things that you're wondering how to address or uh, things that are brought up maybe in some of your, I don't know if they do like counseling sessions or what kind of like, uh, guidance that they give you guys as, um, adoptive parents, but like, are there certain things that kind of stuck out to you during the process that were a concern at all for her growing up? 